Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I don't know if you uh, saw this on any of your travels, either of you last night, but the um, the thing that looked like a star on the other side of the moon last night was Jupiter. It was pretty. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty. I did not see that. Yeah. I <clears throat> went outside and looked and and because uh, I saw it on my way home. I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. That's kind of cool. Only one star in the sky tonight, but then it turns out to be a planet. It was Jupiter. I wonder if the Jupiter people, why don't they look at us and go, hey, look, you know, the the Earth is out there tonight next to the moon. I wonder if they call, I wonder if the Jupiter people call us Earth, if they have another name for us. And if the Jupiter people think that Jupiter is a, like when we meet them, finally, will it be a cool name? That's the place to be. Oh, they're like, like they're the... you you may know us as Jupiter, but we're really uh you know, we're really soul or something like that. They'll have some kind of different name for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have a different name for us other than Earth. <clears throat> yeah, they might. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder that uh Do they use words? I you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they have some kind of a some kind of a language. Um Oh, goodness. Are there any seven-footers we can recruit? <laughs> that would be that'd be something, wouldn't it? You're going on a recruiting mission. Yeah, I'm going to Ju- the, Jupiter. Here's the thing, though. Due, due to the gravity, mm-hmm. it would probably be very short. Very stocky. Think offensive lineman, but like Thinking more fullback. Thinking yeah. more fullback. Bowling ball type guys. Yeah, not, not tall when mm-hmm. gravity's that heavy on you all the time. Lots of uh, thoughts this morning on the 8th Flooring Center channel. I'm trying to get to some of these. Um, all the excitement and momentum to get recruits is gone. Adams won with Beard's team. Now we're back where we started. Obscurity. Uh, it's hard to say he won with, with Beard's team. Although you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean, did did he recruit Adonis Arms and Davion Warren? Didn't, wasn't, you know, wasn't that, weren't those Mark Adams yeah. recruits? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what about Bryson Williams? Wasn't that a Mark Adams recruit? And you know, not a Chris Beard recruit? And his and his, and his team. Yeah, because I mean, wasn't Chris Beard at Texas trying to get Bryson Williams? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. 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 yeah, so I I have a hard time thinking. It's not all the case. It's just certainly. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he won with his team. It was his team that he won with last year, but this year is a, a complete disaster. The first part of the text, I agree with. I mean, any kind of momentum with recruiting and fan base or whatever i mean this thing is the opposite of momentum it's a uh, no momentum uh blake asked this question good morning guys is this basketball program failing because of coaching or is it a player motivation issue or, or or is it a combination of coaching and player talent and or is it execution or is it the the team is the teams you're playing are just better than you yep yeah all of those things. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't say that the coach is perfect by any stretch. I The players don't seem motivated, which, again, that some of them, not all of them, some of them. And, again, that kind of falls falls back with the coach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think the roster uh, fits together correctly. I don't think they get along. I mean, there's just too many reports and rumors out there. I mean – there was a a moment last night where it looked like Bacha was wide open underneath and O'Banner took a deep three. 
where he could have made a pass to him. Um, I mean, we've just heard of so many of these guys not getting along, and you watch them on the court, and it looks like it. It absolutely looks like it. There was another uh, Bacho foul last night that was just silly. I mean, there was it wasn't as egregious as the uh, what was it case K State as the K State game, but it still it was unnecessary, and and he was he was called for it. Um, here's here's a, a a four word sentence, okay, with a question mark, and I'll I'll add one word to it. Can Coach Adams survive this? Um, I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, somebody would have to step up and write a check for about $7.5 million. So I'm going to say he can survive this season. There will probably be changes to his coaching staff to some degree. Some may leave on their own. Some may uh, be asked to leave. And I, don't know, I don't know who. And I mean, that, that may be a ridiculous comment because I'm not inside. So I, don't, I, 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 don't, I can't tell you how much is, is or is not going on. If somebody stepped up and said they wanted to write a check, okay, then, then, then perhaps you would have a change. Um, I don't think you can go 0 and 18. Okay. I think at some point in time you're going to have, but the, the question I think that Kirby Hocott and others are going to have to ask is, okay, you can survive this, but can you thrive from this? Can you rebuild this? Can you, do you have enough, uh, cachet out there with recruits and AAU coaches and, you know, connections and things like that to, rebuild your program or are you just going to go through the portal each year and see if you can you know pick up somebody else's players and cobble it together and and put together a team so i'll say he can survive this not everybody can but if somebody out there says i'm willing to write a check i don't think they'd turn it down um okay so if it's owen 18 can he survive it no no matter the amount of money, you just you just suck it up. Unless there's just some extenuating circumstances that we do not know. I mean, if I we have donors that are willing to pay basketball players four hundred grand or two hundred and fifty grand, and that's what you have to start thinking about too. Is- okay, yeah, we don't have donors that would help pay for a buyout. I'm just saying, I mean, at some point in time, everybody's got a number, right, I, where they, where they, that they could go. I, I don't mean to ask that question as a, like, I know. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously asking you the question. Would, would those same people not be willing to pay for a buyout? I mean, to see, if they're willing to spend $400, for $400, mm-hmm. $400,000 on one player to help the basketball program, wouldn't those program people be pretty frustrated with how the basketball program looks and be willing to pay more to help fix it quote unquote all right so i I, it's just how much does the how much do they have to put in versus how much does the university have to put in if you want to go down that road yeah um i still don't think you're going to end up at 0 and 18 okay i think at this point i'll be surprised if you have more than two wins I keep lowering that. Yeah. Okay. What was your number yesterday? I think four. Okay. So let's just say two and 16. Let's say you're two and 16. 
Uh, here's the other thing, and, and I'll go back to during the Matt Wells era of Texas Tech football. There was at a certain point, Chuck, where you know you keep worrying about, understandably, every, every university and athletic department in this situation has to worry about these things. Okay, how much are we paying out if, how much are we paying this guy to walk away? But you also have to factor in the side of it of fans aren't going to show up. You're not going to be able to recruit. Um, there's just no life in your program. And so you have to make those decisions that aren't great for you financially. But you lose. I mean, it feels like at this point, uh, you know, like, well, I sh- it felt like in the Wells point when you got to a certain point, if you didn't fire him and move on, you were going to have a fan base that just you were doing completely to your gave up on you. Yeah, it was bone on bone, basically. Yeah, completely gave up on you. And I think Kirby Hoat and the basketball program are going to have those same kind of questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we talked about this the other day. Texas Tech basketball, there are plenty of long-suffering Texas Tech basketball fans. Yep. Okay. But we also know there are plenty of Johnny Come Latelys since this program has gotten good. And basically, over okay. the last and five as, six years, as we would all expect in that situation, the J- the JCLs are going to drop off quickly. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I'm, you know, it, it feels to me like, it, you know, that, those are the kind of questions that Kirby Hocutt and the athletic department has to a- have to ask themselves. We may have to pay a lot of money to make this guy go away, but we have to factor in. We might comp- lose our fan base and mm-hmm. and all the momentum that we've built if we don't do something. Those that, those are the tough questions that have to be answered. It's a conundrum. There's no doubt about it. And there's no, and there's no question that the arena was not as loud last night. It's understandable, especially when you're 0 and 7 and then you start losing. It just didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't as loud. It wasn't as vibrant. And there were lots of empty seats even in the student section last night. It's it's, it's, it's unfortunate. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. January the 26th, 2023, here is Jeff McGuire. 1913, Jim Thorpe relinquishes, relinquishes, there we go, his uh, 1912 Olympic medals for playing two seasons of semi-professional baseball before competing in the Olympics. 1951, Mel Ott and Jimmy Fox are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Five years later, in 1956, Hank Greenberg and Joe Cornyn are elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. 1960, Pete Rozelle is elected the NFL commissioner on the 23rd ballot. Wow, I wonder who his competition was. I was assuming you would know that off the top of your head. Okay, I'll Google that. Well, if you don't know it off the top of your head, it's fine. I don't. 1982. In a 9-2 NHL win for the Pittsburgh Penguins over uh, over the uh, over the Pittsburgh Penguins, excuse me, the New York Islanders score full four goals within one minute and 38 seconds, the fifth goal within two minutes and 37 seconds. What in the world? And their sixth goal in the first period. So they got all six goals within the <clears throat> first two minutes and 37 seconds. Was Stevie Wonder in goal? Goodness. You got no idea. 
1985, Edmonton Oiler Wayne Gretzky scores his 50th goal in his 49th game of the season. 1991, Houston guard Vernon Maxwell becomes the fifth player in NBA history to score 30 points in a quarter in the Rockets' 103-97 home win over Cleveland. He joins Wilt Chamberlain, David Thompson, George Gerwin, and Gervin, excuse me, and Michael Jordan. And in 1997, Australian Open men's tennis. Pete Sampras wins his second and last Australian title. Beats Carlos Moya of Spain, 6-2, Carlos Moya, who is currently the coach of Rafa Nadal. Ah. ah. How, 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 Has been for a long time. Is, is Pete Sampras your favorite American player? Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi. Yeah. Okay, I should have known that. That, yeah. was, that was low-hanging fruit. Uh, See, where does he rank on that? Sampras? Yeah. As far as Americans go? Yeah, for you. Top three? Top five? Yeah, that, I mean, he might be number two. I yeah. mean, I love Sampras. And yeah, I knew per- you did. His personality is way more in style, way more like mine than Agassi. Agassi was loud and, you know, drama-filled, and Sampras mm-hmm. just showed up, did his job, and was quiet. See, that's kind of why I thought maybe you'd be more, yeah. more of a Sampras guy. His style. Yeah. I just... I. I don't know. I loved Agassiz's return game and gotcha. all that. And His on-the-court stuff. Yeah, we had similar hair. And so, yeah. <laughs> and you had rock the, star In other words, the really, really short hair, right? Things like that. Yeah. What's that? Jack? The really, really short hair? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. This feels a little out of place, but I'm here for it. It's National Peanut Brittle Day. Okay. Yeah, that feels like a Christmas time thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. If you want to make some peanut brittle, I will I enjoy it. I just always found it just too... Hard of a candy. I will take all of Chuck's then. Watch this. Not it's definitely even a hard candy. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres is 65. Wayne Gretzky, 62 today. Mm-hmm. Vince Carter, 46. Dan Bailey is 36. And Bob Euchre is 89. And I don't know if these are related or not. But they feel like they could be. 1838, Tennessee... Passes the nation's first prohibition law, mm-hmm. which meant you couldn't make, transport anything, alcohol. In 1979, the Dukes of Hazard premieres with a couple of guys who got in trouble for running alcohol. I don't know if it's related. Don't know if they put the Dukes of Hazard on it this day for that reason, but... Is that what they were doing? Well, it was... Uncle Jesse got in trouble for moonshine. And they used their car to run it, and then they went racing with it. And then that's uh, Jesse st- kept them out of trouble and himself out of trouble by saying that he would quit. Like, that's the origin of the Duke boys. I com- completely missed that. I did, too. Part of. I got distracted. The moonshine part of that. I used, man, I used to love that show. Now, Dukes of Hazard took place in Georgia. Boy. We're talking about Tennessee. But, you know. I don't know. They're close. I don't know if they're related or not, but it felt like they should be related. Yeah. And I, that's the Stan Sports history. I got distracted by the Daisy Dukes, not Take the uh, not the Duke brothers. <laughs> I never really was a big Dukes of Hazard fan. All, all it takes is hot cars and hot women, and you get most guys interested. Yeah, I'll... I'll <laughs> okay. It's just... 
<laughs> I'll stop. We'll stop right there. Uh, I, was, I was a big fan of that show. Let's see here. Uh, newsflash. Chuck, you've already lost the fan base by all the empty seats. The momentum is gone. Just face facts. It's tech football all over again without Leach. So buckle up for more repeats of the seasons of suck. Uh, this. I think this is a, a, a well-phrased sentence. With huge turnover every year, this, the risk is a season like this. We've, we've talked about we've talked about Maybe. that just to, to a certain degree, um, you know, with just the constant number of guys coming in and out the churn every year. It's a chemistry experiment. Yeah, uh, this one exploded a Bunsen burner. Right, uh, Robert <laughs> says. I think it's that uh, bandwagon jumpers that are making all the negative noise. If we have three out of five successful seasons, that is real good. Yeah, we've gotten used to. You gotten used to, you know, making really? the... Really? Uh, that, is that what we are, tech basketball fans? We're like, hey, three out of five good years is good? No, I think our I the think, expectations have yeah, way, I think way expectations changed. expectations have definitely changed. I mean, the expectations have, have gone from, hey, I hope we can, you know, be a, you know, be on the bubble for a tournament team and maybe be a tournament team to, hey, you're supposed to make the tournament every year and, hey, you're supposed to make a deep run every year and, hey, you're supposed to get to the Sweet 16 every year. And, and if it, you don't, that's a failure season. And at no point are you supposed to go with no wins in that entire conference play. Yeah. I think this is sarcasm. Somebody says, let the cake bake. Okay. Uh, somebody says this. We have the money and resources. This is not basketball from 10 years, I think he says, ago. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that that buyout's not you know, it's doesn't lofty. factor in and it's not large and all that, but it feels like this program, this athletic department and what, what's been put into this program that those, if they want to make that move, those funds would be found uh, somebody, one way or the other. Somebody says this on the bright side. I like the uniforms. Did you like the uniforms last night? Yeah, they're fine. Okay. I, I never have a problem with the uniforms. Okay. Almost, almost never. Um, Somebody says this. If you looked at Scholarship Row, I'd say Mark Adams was done. Well, I looked at Scholarship Row last night. A lot of those guys hung in there to the, as I would say, bitter end. Um, you, you can you can make that uh, comment if you like. Syntex Hank says 0 and 18 is a death sentence for a coaching staff. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard to survive that. It is it is hard to survive that. Somebody says, how is Pop? Don't know. Uh, Coach Adams said last night. In his post-game comments on the radio on Double T ninety seven three, that he was going to have an MRI, which is when you hear those words, uh, he's going to have an MRI, and we'll know the results either later tonight or in the morning. That that does not sound good. Mm-hmm. You know, he said hopefully we'll have him back soon. So I don't think soon means Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And of course, Saturday they play uh, at LSU. They don't play, play him Saturday. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, somebody says this, if you fire him, who are you going to hire? Well, I think this is, first of all, it's the Big 12. Second of all, with what you have facility-wise, support-wise, fan base-wise, it's, it's, it's an extremely attractive job. So I, I don't I don't know, but I would just tell you it's a, it's, it's an attractive job. You're not yeah. going to get some up-and-comer. You'll, you'll have plenty of, and maybe it is an up-and-comer. Yeah. That's fine. I yeah, but I mean, care. it's not somebody that's going to be uh, maybe a... Uh, he didn't have to be a retread for me. You know, what I meant by that was it's not going to be maybe obscure. No. A reach. Yeah, I think you'll have plenty of good candidates. Yeah. Uh, this from Bullfighter. Smoking the Bandit is equally good with the Dukes show. Okay. That was a great show, too. Great that was movie. Great yeah. movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, going from a national championship game, so much hope and potential of domination and future success to this, what a disgrace. Well, I mean, look, I mean, there's other teams competing in the Big 12, too. It's just, I think with where you are, I think it's a complete and utter shock for any of us to sit here and go, we're 0-8? I don't, I don't know that anybody really thought, you know, I thought, you know, I thought you were a tournament team coming in, but then you started seeing how you were playing in the non-conference, and then you get to the conference and you start start losing and now losing has become contagious and it's not accepted but it's just it's it's hard to climb this mountain well, at you this know point. what they say about losing chuck What's that losing is a disease yeah well we've we've got one right now this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction nice to have you with us this morning here on Lubbock Sports Station. Hey, did uh, in this day in sports history for your birthdays, did you list Eddie Van Halen today? I did not. Okay. Did um, I would have loved to, but I've kind of adopted the philosophy. If they aren't actually able to celebrate their birthday, mm-hmm. then we will not force them to try to celebrate their <laughs> okay. birthday. Okay. Um, <laughs> there have been some great athletes mm-hmm. over the course that, and, and great actors and, um, other famous people that we would all know sure. that are no longer around. Sure, got it. Um, there's a guy that when he fills in, he likes to do dead on this day, and that's that's his thing. And mm-hmm. we, I'm choosing to celebrate the life. Okay, well, it's, I'm just um, I'm just glad that we have a policy. We have a well, that's where the a the, rule. The, it's not really a rule, just more of a guideline. Really, I know gu- guideline, rule, policy. You know, just a process. Just shows that we think to a certain degree on how we. Uh, Disseminate information on this uh, fine radio program. That's good. Mm -hmm. We'll have uh, high school basketball for you tomorrow. Friendships at San Angelo Central for both the girls and the boys. That'll be on Double T 97.3. And the Lubbock Cooper girls will take on Coronado Mustangs. Quick turnaround. Yeah, quick turnaround. Uh, That'll be tomorrow night as well. We'll have those games on 100.7, the score. Red Raider basketball team back in action on Saturday. They'll... Travel down to Baton Rouge uh, to take on LSU. That'll be a noon tip time, 11 o'clock broadcast time here on Double T 97.3. And then the Lady Raiders will play <coughs> Baylor on Saturday, a 2 o'clock tip time, 1.30 broadcast time on 107.7 Yes FM. And it's a reunion weekend for the Lady Raiders. They're Lady Raider alumni, and they'll honor the 93 team that won the national championship. So hopefully... Yes. Uh, that's really Hopefully. cool. You know that this this might be you know Baylor's coming off of a loss, so it's unfortunate. You know, <laughs> you never like to face a team that's coming off of a loss, or the Red Raiders, the Lady Raiders, I should say. Um, ladies lost last week at West Virginia, and Baylor lost to Texas on Sunday. I don't know that I completely agree with that. Okay, I mean, because okay. usually if they lost, they're not good. Yeah, no. Yeah, you think anybody wants to play tech? I think everybody wants to play tech right now after <laughs> eight losses. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you don't want to face a good team coming off a loss. That yeah. I think is fair. I don't want to face them after a win either. If they've lost eight in a row, that's the team I want to face. Yeah. <laughs> is that face fair? A, face a bad, face a bad team. You're a loss. good team. Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. tend to lose a bunch. Those are the teams you want to play. Uh, here's a nice little happy note for us. Uh, we we did something this morning that we've never done right before our fine radio program. We did a Facebook Live hit this morning. 
Somebody says, thanks for the Facebook Live this morning. Made me smile. Okay, great. Okay. Hey, there you go. There Somebody you go. was paying attention. Somebody was paying attention. That's. I might do another one here in a minute. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> somebody says, this tech men's basketball is always coming off a loss. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit this year. A bit unfortunate. Yeah, Not a previous year. A bit unfortunate. Okay, uh, let's get a couple things from Mark Adams here uh, after last night's ball game. Uh, he says, blame him for the loss. So uh, we got a bunch of good kids, and they're and they're trying hard, and and uh, you know this is all on the head coach, and certainly assume that responsibility. Don't want us to take it on these these kids. They're 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 trying hard. They're good kids, and they're they're wanting to win. Okay. I mean, it's on everybody. Yeah. I mean, trying to get these kids to play hard and all that. I mean, if you have to work it, making them play hard. That's really on them. Uh, here Am I is right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I, I think I, so. I appreciate Coach Adams trying to take all the blame, yeah. but it's a yeah. group effort. Yeah, yeah. Everyone involved, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly. I mean, like when we struggle on this show, it's not all my fault. You know, when I have a bad day on air, it's not all my fault. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a little bit of blame that goes to you too. I say, sometimes I help you with your bad <laughs> bad day on on the air. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I help you with help you with that. Uh, it's just kind of the way it is. Uh, here is uh, Coach Adams on uh, Pop Isaac's giving us an update. No, we we don't know anything this time. I know he's uh, uh, being X-rayed and, and, and getting an MRI, so we'll, we should know something either uh, later tonight or tomorrow morning. So we appreciate uh, everybody's prayers and hope he's okay. Yeah, it. Uh... It did not look good last night when he went down. I mean, and just and it was immediate. And uh, I I don't know. I don't know if he stepped on somebody. If he came down wrong, uh, that's generally what happens with feet in basketball. You oh, either come a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, either come down wrong or you or you land on somebody's on somebody's side feet. of their foot or whatever. Yeah, side of their foot. Um, <clears throat> here's a, here's a thought. Any big changes? This is from Coach Adams. Any big changes coming to try something new? Yeah, I mean we're, you know we're we're still playing to win, and um, you know it's uh, our, our biggest challenge is on the offensive end. We you know is trying to like I told the guys after the game is trying to get these guys some type of um, in situations where we can uh, you know we can all. Uh, use their skill set and it's been a very challenging year with our guys and and especially since we're not shooting the three very well i'll say this about west virginia last night man they they moved the ball extremely well i mean they're passing they, they look there were times they look like they're they, dadgum harlem globetrotters out there just in terms of the way that they were whipping the ball around saving it from going out of bounds i mean and look coach huggins he didn't. He didn't go with his starters very much. I mean, his starters played. His the starter that played the most uh, played twenty eight minutes, but they got fifty of their seventy six points from the bench. So clearly, those guys were hungry to play, and they got out there and they they had some help. They got they got out there. They had some success, and Bob Huggins left them in. I thought uh, Bill Self helped win this game for West Virginia last night. I think his scheme and and play design of using the skip pass over the top against the smaller Tech guards. Uh, worked really well for West Virginia. I, I think uh, they were a team that, that didn't shoot the three ball well, and they doubled up on their made threes 
per game on the season in last night's game, which I thought was big. Um, they're, so I agree they're passing well, although they did turn it over 19 times, but um, they did pass the ball well, and I thought that led to a lot of open looks. Yeah, I mean, they, they kept looking for the open look. I mean, and it, it was clear they were playing together. I mean, um, their offensive scheme looked very similar to what Kansas did when they came in here and beat Tech. I mean, I guess they've got <clears throat> computers and TVs, and they can record things and go back and look at film and stuff there too, right? No, you'd be stupid not to even right. see something working against a team. You're like, hey, why don't we try that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris says, with regard to Pop Isaacs, uh, he, the defender undercut his landing area, which is foul that wasn't called. I, I did not see that, um, but you know, I just saw him on the ground. It's like, oh man, you knew you knew right away that uh, that it was no bueno uh, for uh, for Pop. So it's uh, it's you know, it's like I said, it just it stinks out loud right now, right? Mm-hmm. Right, stinks out loud right now. What are you, what are you smiling at? Nothing. nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, it's not a it's not a lot of fun. And and as I've said before, I think there's talent there. It's just I don't know that this team plays well together. And you you brought up an interesting point earlier about if you were able to get that Kansas win, and and that leads to the Oklahoma win. I mean, how do things change? I mean, how is the attitude different? The effort different? You know, winning cures all ills. Okay. All those things, right? And losing does the opposite. Right. Puts you and, into a funk. Yeah, and so how do, how would that have changed things? It's I mean, it's a fair question or to wonder. Um, but at the same time, if you're a mentally tough team, you don't let you know one loss lead to more losses and all the above. You just say, okay, we can't worry about that. We'll worry about what's in front of us right now. You know, and be where your feet are and, and focus on those kind of things and what you can do in the future. And um, it doesn't feel like this team has done that. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked this, is this the point of the season where you scrap any plans of an NCAA tournament bid and work to salvage a mass bailout of players into the transfer portal? Yes. Well, I think you're always, I think you're always working on that in terms of, you know, recruiting your own players, retaining your own players. But I, I I think at this point in time, short of winning out and short of winning the Big 12 tournament, you ain't going anywhere in March. You're just going to be mad in March instead of having March madness. Because you won't mm-hmm. be playing anymore. <clears throat> so, I won't uh, be mad in March. Well, let's take baseball to watch. Yeah. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. It's like one slow dance song after another and you feel like you're at the no. eighth grade dance and you're wanting to dance with so-and-so, but you're afraid no. to ask her. It's a slow dance sad song fest this morning. I'm fearful you were going to ask me. No, I'm not going to, no. Not going to ask you. No is the answer. <laughs> no would be the answer, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a Sorry question, to disappoint you. question for Jeff and myself and our fine listening audience this morning. Yes, I do. Okay. All right, my question for you guys today is a three-parter. Mm-hmm. I know you like the uh, multiple parts. Sure, it gives us a lot of room to speculate and pontificate. Okay, you cannot choose... Mm-hmm. Someone who is a, currently a coach. Okay. 
I want you to pick a Red Raider athlete in football, men's basketball, and baseball that you would like to see a, for, a former athlete, former athlete mm-hmm. that you that you think would be cool to see them come back and coach the Red Raiders. So you think they'd be a good coach? Hmm. Football, basketball, baseball, baseball, Got three it. parts, three parts. Okay, football, 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 football. Um, I think football is the hardest one for me. I, I do too, because because basketball, I think, you know, I use this term pretty loosely sometimes. The low hanging fruit might be Norn Sodiase. I one hundred percent feel like that was the gimme. Yeah, yeah. Norns um, would be would be a guy. Uh, I, I used to think, uh, oh, what's the was the was the little guy? Uh, he's coaching now. Oh. High school coach. It was your era at the arena, at the Coliseum. Oh. Stan Bonowitz. Stan Bonowitz. Yeah, I used yeah. to think he'd be a guy that would be, be a, be a candidate at some point in time. Um, baseball can't say Gary Ashby because you've already had that. <laughs> <laughs> did not, did not work out. Did not work out for him. Um, Just trying to kind of go back in my mind here and just come up with a baseball player that would make some. Maybe my, maybe uh, your uh, your guy that's uh, went to Buffalo. His his uncle lives in Buffalo. Um, Brian, Brian Klein. Brian Klein. Yeah, mm-hmm. he might be might be a level headed, you know, kind of coach kind of guy. Um, there's got to be a catcher there too uh, that would make some sense. Would make make some sense. Um, Hunter Redmond would have been a great one. Okay, he's a coach. Okay, um, football. Um, you know um, the other quarterback uh, that uh, Cliff replaced. Uh, he's always pretty active on social media. Um, the guy after Cliff, you mean? The guy after Cliff. Yeah, the guy after. B.J. Simmons. B- yeah, B.J. Yeah, B.J. BJ might be might be interesting. He'd be fiery, I think. <laughs> He'd be fiery. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd get emotion on the sideline. Oh, him, I yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. First name that came to my mind: Wes Welker, for football. Well, he's a coach. He's a coach. Where's he coaching? I thought he was off. He's to... a wide receiver coach in the NFL. I thought he didn't coach this past year. Well, crud. Um. Well, then I'll go Danny. Why not? Danny Abadola. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A very similar style. I mean, obviously, we the we paired them very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, Norris was my first answer for basketball. Uh, if I've got to go further back, I would put Justin Gray. If he wanted to coach, I would absolutely give him a chance. Um, and then the first name I thought for baseball, Reed Redmond. Okay. Um, he could teach some guys how to play defense. He could teach some guys about hitting. He'd need a pitching coach, mm-hmm. but he also did a little bit of pitching in the, in the majors. So he might, uh, that, that would be an interesting hire. Minors, I don't think he made it to the bigs. Right, yeah. Professional ranks. Okay, so I'm going to go, I'll start with football, and I'm just going to go with a guy that I think super creative, offensive mind Mm -hmm. that I think that could, you know, a fiery guy. We've seen him lead his team and get excited. How about Patrick Mahomes? I mean, the way he, you know, creatively designs plays and and all that. and And then you see him over there on the sideline. 
I think a quarterback is a natural leader, mm-hmm. right? But you see sure. him over there on the sideline getting his guys fired up and all that, um, mm-hmm. talking to his guys when you know maybe a guy has a bad play, he's got his back, and you right. know I I feel like Mahomes kind of gets it. So I think Patrick would be a good leader. So I I think he would be a good football coach, maybe more offensive coordinator than head coach. I don't know. I don't know. But I think he'd be a good leader of a team. Basketball, you guys both touched on the two that I had in my mind. Um, Justin Gray was probably first for me. I know everybody loves Norrence. I feel like Justin – Norrence is like the energy, the emotion guy, but I thought Mm -hmm. Justin Gray was a really, really smart player. How about Keenan? Yeah, he'd be fine too. It's funny that we we go to that team. Yeah. That team. You know? The three guys from that team for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Right. Three guys that Tubby Smith brought in. Okay. Baseball for me, Brian Klein was my first choice. Wow. Okay. I feel that makes me feel really smart. <clears throat> Brian was uh I mean, really good leader in the dugout. I mean, a guy who got everything out of his abilities. He played hard. Um, I just think he has everything in him to be a baseball coach. I don't know if that's Brian's future plans or not, but it feels like he would be he would be good at that. I also think, you know, his third baseman for a while there, Josh Young, would be a great coach as well. I mean, you want to talk about work ethic and discipline that he could teach a team. Uh, obviously, he's got the skill set um, mentally. Um, nobody's more dialed in than Josh was. And so I, you know, and obviously he's he's pretty good. So I think he could pass that along as well. So I think I think Josh would have would have been a great one. But I, Brian Klein was my first answer too. Okay. Yeah. How, how about a how about a how about guys that didn't necessarily star on the field, but were like you know leaders in the clubhouse, so to speak, or locker room? Because sometimes sometimes great players don't make great coaches. We that's been well documented, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got those guys that. Or whatever. So, and he was a very good player. So let me throw. What about a guy like Cam Warren? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Cam. I don't know. Has the. He isn't. I don't know if he has the personality of a coach. Okay. Yeah. Um. But he. I mean, knows the game well and all that good stuff. Um. I think. How, what about Cody Masters for baseball? Okay. I thought he was a really bright kid that mm-hmm. um, feels like he could he could do that well. Because see, if you if you looked at that team from Tubby, and it was the end of the Billy Clyde and Chris Walker era, you you might could make a case for Clark Lambert too. Oh man, no no question. That's a great answer. You know, you can yeah, make a, a question for because he he's, <clears throat> he seems like a really smart guy, mm-hmm. level headed kind of, you know. Now listen to him on the broadcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he knows the game. Yeah, no, no, really well. no, no, no doubt about it. Off the eight, Lawrence Center chat line was another name I was thinking of. Jay Crockett. Okay. Yeah. I just don't know about enough about Jay to have an opinion on that, but he I, was a great player and all that much. I do agree with this guy. Uh, Davis Webb is also low hanging fruit, considering oh, teams yeah. are trying to get him to quit football to coach quarterbacks. Yeah, including Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah, suggests uh, Darvin Ham. But he is but, a coach. But he is a coach, right? And then they said, never mind, didn't hear all the rules. My bad. Um, and then somebody brings up uh, Dr. Mike Gustafson to coach the baseball team. <laughs> that is a great answer. Would there be enough? Uh, could he eliminate some of the shenanigans in his uh, that he uh, likes to? Eliminate? Yeah. Or he would add to the shenanigans. Add to the shenanigans, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be 
shenanigan full of of dugout right there. Somebody asked about Eric Gutierrez, your guy. He's a coach already. He's a coach already. <laughs> I mean, hey, he's coaching the Red Raiders. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> you know, they've they've made some different uh, rulings now for the, quote volunteer coaches and things uh, in baseball to be, for those guys to be able to get paid. So hopefully that will put some shekels in his pocket. Yeah, hope so. Yeah, yeah, hope so. Keep keep him around. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody says this Cam is still slumming around Lubbock. Just ask him. I see him every once in a while. Yeah. Cam's, I mean, I don't know if he can be serious enough to be a coach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so happy and fun loving. He just, you know, I don't know if he'd be a player's coach. You want Bob Euchre in the booth. You don't want him in the dugout. Yeah, he'd, be, he'd, be a, he'd be a player's coach. <laughs> and, and don't forget when the moments get tough, Cam can't watch. <laughs> That's makes him of, great as a radio partner. Yeah, right. I need you to kind of keep an eye on this, right? Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. And uh, always appreciate uh, meeting folks out and about like I did last night. You know, a number of them out at the ball game last night. So, you know, it was, uh, it's, always, it's always fun. That's good. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and... You know, just uh, just like I said, just shaking hands and kissing babies. That was that was fun last night. That was the only. I bet it was fun for them too. Uh, this. Uh, I bet the uh, the dad that got the picture <laughs> from his son with you got a kick out of that. I I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. I hope mm-hmm. so. Um, that was, that was fun. That Nobody was... ever has to take a picture with me, Chuck. So. Well. They don't. They're afraid they're going to have to get a workout in as a result of that. <laughs> uh, let's see this. Uh, be nice to Chuck. He used to be conceited until he found out conceit was a fault, and he has no faults. Wow. Hmm. Uh, Grayson says this was doing some work on Rip Griffin Park yesterday, and some of the, yesterday and Monday, and some of the pitchers were out throwing, and uh, they said. <sighs> He said he asked them if they were made to work out. And oh, they be said, made. I got you. Yeah. No, I understand. They right. said, no. Looks like these guys are locked in this year. And mm-hmm. I will tell you this. I drove by Rip Griffin Park uh, last night uh, on my way to the ball game, and they've got the brick now on the exterior of the new part. Um, man, it just makes it it makes it look awesome. It's impressive. I mean, it. and then the entrance, it's got Texas Tech baseball above it. I mean, it's going to look cool. And I know, I know that you know you always want more, and you always want it to be better. And but I mean, you you have to have a starting place. And um, you know they've made they've made quite a they've made a lot of improvements since I've been here. And again, I know I know for a lot of folks it, it's not enough, um, but it does look like that player um, side of things that we'll never see unless you take a tour. Uh, looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, looks really nice. Yeah, so I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was. It's like I was proud for him last player time. and coach. Yeah, when I drove by that. All right, so even Coach Tadlock, like his new office, will be able to like. Um, it's pretty cool. It's down there in the in the left field corner, uh-huh. and he'll have a patio out there. Oh, nice! So he can like look over the field. I think it's pretty cool. Think he'll take a smoker over there or like a, a grill or something? I wouldn't guess so, but <laughs> is, I don't know. Is he a grill kind of guy? I've never heard him talk about grilling, but I okay. probably does. Well, I mean, have you ever asked? He's him? definitely a barbecue guy. He is. Yeah, he loves him some barbecue. Okay. Um, 
maybe we should smoke him a brisket and take it over there to him like for opening day or something and by we you mean you and i like i'll smoke it and we'll take it over there and deliver to him hey it's courtesy of the morning drive wanted you to you know have have something to after the the post game and you know when you're you know waxing with the media and you you can have yourself a brisket burrito or a sandwich or just uh just have a little you know just have a nice little good taste in your mouth okay would you like me to do that? Would you go with me if we did that? Because I have a feeling no. I think Jamie's going to be busy that day. I have a feeling is no, that's not something that that I would do. All right. Uh, Big 12 Conference announced their preseason all-Big 12 team. Hudson White, catcher, Texas Tech, is on the list. Designated hitter, Ty Coleman, Texas Tech, is on the list. And uh, starting pitcher, Mason Molina, Texas Tech, is on the list. Speak to those three guys, Jamie. Um, let's see. Start with Ty. Um, Ty had a good season for the Red Raiders last year in his first year uh, after transferring from A&M. Uh, Coleman was DH for – he he played one game in the field at first base at Grand Canyon, but the rest of the year he was a DH. Really battled injuries all season long. Um, was coming off a shoulder problem when the season started which hampered his ability to throw, and then once the season started, had a hamstring injury that just kept him from ever running at full speed, it felt like. Um, so, yeah, he was still able to, I think he ended up with over 10 home runs, maybe 11, um, hit over 300 for the season. So uh, a valuable guy that, I mean, you'll pencil in somewhere near the middle of your lineup, um, and I imagine he'll be in there almost every day, and just a consistent hitter, came up with some big hits, some clutch hits as well. So... Um, yeah, that's a good veteran to have back, and I think he's deserving of that honor. Mason Molina, <clears throat> you know, it was kind of a, a back-and-forth, up-and-down season for Mason. Started as your Sunday starter at the beginning of the season. At one point got moved out of that role, was used as a, you know, a long reliever kind of guy and, and had some success there, and then they moved him back into – the starting rotation, but um, I mean, finished the season really, really strong, and there's lots of reason to believe he'll be even better this year. He See the really... Friday night guy? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's that's hard for me to guess. Um, Brendan Gurton maybe would be the guy that I would lean to a little bit mm-hmm. more in that role, but I, I'm I'm not sure. And and again, I always when we talk about who's going to be the starting pitcher. Uh, or, or starting pitchers, the weekend rotation. I always, I always throw out there. It, we've seen it many times before. How Coach Tadlock, Coach Gardner, and Coach Hayward. A lot of times they're taking their best guy and using him as that swing guy that, you know, or one of their best guys that that they that can pitch on Friday night for a couple innings and then again on Sunday for a couple innings and then you can use him in a midweek as well. And so it's not just a a guy that you throw out there one time. So I'm always cautious when i say i think these three are your best pitchers they'll yeah. be your three weekend starters because again some of the time he'll they'll take their best pitcher and use him in that role so that that keeps you guessing heading into the season well and also maybe you know you got this this guy that you feel like can win you a game and and you want him on friday to start the season off right or the series off right and then you have the guy that you feel like oh maybe he's the stopper guy and he's he's saturday and then you have the guy that Man, if nobody else can pitch a lick, this guy can, and he's going to go on Sunday, so you avoid a sweep. So, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes that, and sometimes teams quote pitch it backwards, you know. Um, 
Start with their weak link on Friday and see if they can scratch out a win. And, really, uh, just Kansas does that. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. Okay. You don't um, like that idea. Okay. I do not. I, okay. I think That's it's fine. chicken spit, to be chicken completely spit. Honest, okay. honest with you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the final guy there that you mentioned was Hudson White. Mm-hmm. Hudson. You know, finished the season incredibly strong for the Red Raiders with one of your best hitters at the end of the year. Um, Just a sophomore, too. Yep, the, the he, was the, he was the Big 12 freshman of the year last year. Um, is athletic enough to play first or third or second, probably. I have him penciled in a catcher, but I imagine he'll play a lot of first again this year, just like he did last year. You've got some good depth at the catcher position this year. So I'm I'm excited about that, and so that maybe allows him to move and play elsewhere sometimes. But uh, yeah, Hudson's another guy that I think you know Red Raiders expect to have take a step forward and have a big year. Um, anybody not on the list that surprised you, or was anybody on the list that surprised you? I don't know that I would say surprised me. Um, I thought Owen Washburn. I, I mean, I think Owen has the potential to be a top. I don't know, five-round pick, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, he was your starting right fielder all season last year. Terrific talent, but he really did struggle at the end of the year. Seven home runs and almost 50 RBI last year as a as a true freshman. So he's super talented and, you know, had trouble with – looked like the breaking ball cost him issues, and you just hope that, you know, he can make an adjust, adjustment and move forward. But, I mean, really talented guy that I think is kind of has that – skill set and potential that you think maybe he could turn into a you know all conference mm-hmm. kind of player. So that that would be one guy. Another guy is Derek Bridges, who was terrific out of the pen last year. Doesn't throw a lot of innings, um, but he's kind of your lefty um specialist, you know, but he came in and finished out some games for you. He came in in big spots and got big outs and um, Derek, I believe, is a little bit banged up and probably won't be able to start the season, but uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. But I think Bridges is one of the keys to the bullpen from last year. So he's a guy maybe that, that deserves some of you know that, that talk as well as far as quality of player that could be an all-conference mix coming out of the pen. But that, those would be two guys that I feel like yeah, probably in the conversation, and if you had a all-Big 12 preseason second team, they probably would have been on there. Okay. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.